Women Inseparable, where women connect through the Word of God, with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Promise of a Plan, Episode 18 of the Prayer and Fasting Series. Do you know His plan? Do you trust His promise of a plan? Trust Him. Here's Jacqueline. Heavenly Father, oh Lord God, I stand here. I sit here with my girlfriends at your throne, so thankful for everything that you are, everything that you do, everything you continue to do, everything that you bestow upon us every single day, every single moment of every day, no matter what is happening, no matter what is within us or around us, Lord, you just bestow your love upon us always. I pray right now that as we sit here with scripture poured open before you, as we go from passage to passage to passage, that you will speak. I pray that your words will go to the heart that is in need of that particular word today. Lord, I lay my heart before you as well. Speak to my heart through your word today. And I pray that upon each of the girls in this room, on Zoom, on Wednesday, online. Lord, we are women inseparable. You've designed this group. It was one of the gifts you gave us back in quarantine, back when everything around us was upside down. You gave us something to stand on. For that, I'm so, so thankful. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 28, verse 1. We're going to do verse 1 through 10. It says, In that same year, at the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fifth month of the fourth year, Lots of history. I'm going to bypass the history for right now, but you can get a little bit more detail if you look at Jeremiah 27.1. We'll connect it even more. Hananiah, the son of Azer, the prophet from Gibeon. Whenever a prophet of God is listed in the Old Testament, he will be announced as a prophet of God. So note this description of this prophet. Hananiah, the prophet from Gibeon, spoke to me, this is Jeremiah writing, so that me would be Jeremiah, in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priests, and all the people, and he said the things. So here's Jeremiah with a yoke, if you read 27, it explains all of this. There's a yoke physically on his shoulders. And he's standing in obedience to God with this yoke on his shoulders that he bore for months on the temple steps in the city of God with the people of God, with the priests of God, and with a prophet from Gibeon. And of all the people that were talking, it wasn't the priests, and it wasn't God's people, and it wasn't Jeremiah, it was this prophet was speaking and everybody was listening to him. Where are you in the audience? So something I always encourage when you read scripture, who are you in the story? And where are you sitting as Jesus is speaking, as God is speaking? And feel those emotions. And you'll understand what's being said even more. This is what he says in verse two. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon within two years 
I will bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. I will also bring back to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. And all the exiles from Judah who went to Babylon, declares the Lord. For I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. That sounds fantastic. The nation of God were in exile. They were away from their home. They are away from some of their people. They are away from their customs. They are away from their comfort. They are away from their normal, their schedule, their life as they knew it. And here comes a prophet that throws down the name of God Almighty and says, peace is coming your way in two years. Praise God Almighty. Isn't he good? This is the peace he is bringing. And this is how he's bringing the peace. Praise God Almighty. Thus saith the Lord. This is what the prophet is saying. Jeremiah is standing there. And whenever Jeremiah speaks, he speaks because the Lord lays something on his mouth to speak. And whenever Jeremiah does not speak, it's because he's not speaking because the Lord has told him not to speak. Imagine being Jeremiah at this moment. Jeremiah who's been proclaiming what God has said for months with a yoke on his shoulders. Going from king to king to king to king, proclaiming what God said, and he's standing there in front of all his people, in front of all the priests, and being told that what he has been saying is not correct. And he's standing there, not saying a word, and letting him proclaim peace. That takes a lot of strength, doesn't it? I wouldn't want to be there and be like, uh uh. No, I'm going to talk louder than you. <laughs> Thus saith the Lord, shut your face. I would have something to say. He said nothing. And let it be said. So he went through the whole spiel. He says, I have broken, saith the Lord, the yoke. And then he concludes and says, I will break the yoke, saith the Lord. And then in verse 5, the prophet Jeremiah speaks. And he directs his words not to the people, and he directs his words not to the priests, but he directs his words to Hananiah the prophet in the presence of all the priests and in the presence of all the people. So he directs his attention, his words directly to the one who is speaking, and he says it loud enough for all to hear. That's wise. Not a good game. He doesn't point fingers and correct the speech. He has a conversation with the person that needs to have the conversation. He says in verse 6, the prophet, have, the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. Great. This is wonderful. This is great news. Yes. And you're kind of shocked for a little bit. A false prophet is speaking, and you know a false prophet is speaking, and Jeremiah's in agreement. Amen is a powerful word. We just learned the power of amen a couple weeks ago. If you missed that message by Steve Crane, look that one up. There's power. There's agreement in the word amen. Jeremiah throws down amen. And he says, may the Lord do so. May the Lord make the words that you have prophesied come true. And may the Lord bring back to this place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord. And may the Lord bring back all the exiles. Verse 7. Yet hear now this word that I speak in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. 
The prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, famine, pestilence, against many countries, against many great kingdoms. As for the prophet, he says, who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes to pass, then it will be known that it came from God. There's a lot of wisdom in Jeremiah's words. This nation, these people were hungry to know what was happening. You ever been hungry? In a season of life as an individual or as a nation, you want to know. You want to know the plan that the Lord has for you. And here this prophet comes along or this person comes along and they proclaim, here's the plan of God, peace. But you know the story. You've read the Bible. You know that times are going to come. We know. But yet sometimes people come and say things and they offer peace and they offer hope and they offer comfort. And they say, it's okay, don't worry about it. Just turn off your ears a little bit and everything will be okay. <laughs> just close your eyes just a little bit and you'll find peace. Sometimes peace is not what we need. The peace that Jesus Christ offers is not the peace that the world offers. We know this. John 16, 33 proclaims it. And if you need a verse to memorize this week, memorize John 16, 33. There is a peace that comes from God that knocks the socks off of any peace that the world has to offer. Any comfort, any solution that is brought to you. It might bring you comfort today, but God's peace gives you peace today and tomorrow. Have wisdom in the end and wait for that. He's fully in agreement. And he says, two years? Let's see. Let's see what happens. We'll believe you in two years. For now, we'll wait. We'll wait and we'll continue doing what we're doing and we'll wait. And if peace comes in two years, hallelujah, praise God, amen, we'll stand with you. <laughs> Until then, I've got my yoke because God told me to keep this yoke. But then verse 10 says, Then the prophet Hananiah took the yoke bars from the neck of Jeremiah the prophet and broke them. Here you are, you're part of this crowd, you're part of the people, and you see this happen, the bravery, the boldness, the confidence of this prophet. Who do you believe? Truly, who do you believe? That's a tough one. You're surrounded by your people. You're seeing a prophet proclaim this truth, and it sounds so good, and it sounds like the words of God, doesn't it? It sounds like the promise of God that we see throughout Scripture, and then he proves his confidence in the name of God and breaks the yoke that is on another prophet. What prophet do you believe? Do you see another reason why Jesus Christ came and replaced prophets and priests and king is no more is it about one man or another man it's about Jesus Christ and that just gave me chills this is what Jesus does we don't have to wonder is that man correct is that woman correct do I have to believe that person do I need to believe Jesus and when somebody gives you a word can you ask them your one question where is that in scripture 
give me scripture for that and let your scripture point me to Jesus and not the fact that you grabbed a verse and pulled it out and said, here's the scripture. That's called twisting the word of God. And that's found in Revelation 22. And I have nothing to do with that. Ask for scripture. It's not about a man anymore. Isn't that comforting? You don't have to believe a human. Praise the Lord. It's Jesus. Revelation 21. This nation, these people wanted to know their plan. And I don't know so much if they wanted to know the plan. They just wanted to know a smile. They wanted to know peace. They wanted to know comfort. They wanted to be able to breathe and rest and relax and continue on. But the fact of the matter is sometimes it's not about comfort and it's not about the peace that we're hoping for, but it's about the end peace. Revelation 21, and there's a whole chapter full of 27 verses that are powerful. We're going to look at the first six. John is writing this, and he says these words, and I'm not giving a backstory on Revelation 21. There's a little bit of a backstory with Revelation. We're going to jump right in to the vision on John 21. Then I saw a new heaven. And I saw a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. The water had dried up. Where does life come from? If not by water, water is the symbol of life and the very sea of the earth had been dried up. Verse two. And I saw the holy city. New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear. He will wipe away every tear from every eye. Death, death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things, the things that we know, the things that we live, the things that we're going through today have passed away. You just want to sit in that for just a moment. Will there be te tears today? Yes. Why? Because we're alive. When tears come, let them come. Dab them in. It's good for your skin. Death is going to come. And my heart breaks over that. And it should. Death is part of the curse, isn't it? It hurts. Pain we talked about that joyful statement a couple weeks ago. Pain is part of our life. It's perishing. It's going to come. But God Almighty says tomorrow there will be no more. No more what? No more of what you know right now. Isn't that good? So good. So oftentimes we want to know the plan. What is the plan? And I want that plan to be peace, please. We want the plan. We want to know, but we don't really want to know 
what we want is like what the nation of God was wanting, and they were wanting peace. But maybe what we need to know is we need to know the plan. And my prayer is that our prayer life focuses on the plan and not so much begging God for peace for today, but that we pray for the plan of tomorrow. Because when we have the plan for tomorrow, we have peace today. Powerful peace, endless peace. Verse 5, Revelation 21, 5. And he who is seated on the throne said, it's kind of odd, like just reading these words out loud when you know these are the very, very words of God. It's like you want to just sit in silence and hear his words in your own heart, don't you? I feel like my own voice is going to just take away his words. So I pray that you hear his voice upon your heart right now. He says, behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy. These words, God says, are true. And then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from them the spring of the water of life without payment. The water of the old earth, the water of the old heaven, of life, of living as we know it today, dried up. And here God says in his sweet voice, because of his son Jesus Christ says, are you thirsty? Come, for free I have given you life. For free I have given you an opportunity to live. And that's today. That's his plan. That's Revelation 21. As we pray for our plan and we live for our plan and we spend time alone with our God, my prayer is that we take Colossians. Did anybody read Colossians before today? Four chapters, 95 verses. Pretty good. Pretty good book. Amazing book. And if we're talking about the plan, we just sat at the throne of God knowing the eternal plan for everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus Christ. That eternal plan is yours. It's yours. You had a choice. You made your choice. My choice is I believe that Jesus Christ died, that he was buried, that he rose again. That's my choice. Therefore, I have my plan. I know the plan. I trust in that plan. Done. That plan takes you into tomorrow. What about today? How do we live for tomorrow's plan today in his plan? Fair question. Good question. Here's Colossians. The challenge this week was to read through the book of Colossians and find God's plan for you. If you have not done that already, will you do that? Write it out. Put it in song. Put it in poetry. Draw it. We have an artist that comes on Wednesday night. I would love to see her painting. I am not an artist. You will not see my painting. I'm not a singer. You will not hear my song. <laughs> but I did write out his plan for my life. And I cheated. I wrote scripture. Does that count? That's his plan. He already wrote it. Why rewrite it? Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. 
was just the passage that God laid so heavy on my heart for God's plan for today. This is just one tiny little passage pulled out of the whole book of Colossians. I would love to know, to hear what verses does God lay on your heart as you read through Colossians? What is God's plan for you specifically? Does it have to be Colossians? No. God gave us 66 books. God has given us knees to bow before his throne. God has given us the mind of Christ. Wrap your head around that. Literally, his mind in your head. He's given us the Holy Spirit. We are filled in and through with the Spirit of God. What is God's plan for you? Here are these verses, Colossians 3, verse 12. Paul writes these words. He says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Have you ever had a title put on you before? Have you ever put a label on yourself? Anybody ever hear me say I don't do name tags? Mm -hmm. There's multiple reasons. I don't like titles. I don't like labels. I don't like perceptions that go before somebody. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. I don't like it forced. And I don't like the stones that I used to throw upon myself. Mm -hmm. Or throw a stone, stone at yourself. It's awkward. It's weird. Don't do it. But sometimes we do it. It's called judgment. It's called hating the person that we are. And God says, through Paul's hand, you have made a choice and I have made a choice. I, have, I chose you before the foundation of the earth. I chose you before you chose me. And in that you are holy. You want a label? You want a definition? You want something to stand on? Holy, that's what you are. Write that one down. Get your expo marker. Holy, that's who you are. And as holy, as beloved, as chosen of God, you have choices. And you have the choice of walking in the plan of God for your life today. And you have the choice to not walk in the plan. Isn't that great? It's called freedom in Christ. We have the freedom to choose what we want. This passage gives us a lot of choices. And they're not easy choices. So I recommend to join me in praying one choice at a time and start building your choices. And the best way to build these choices is in your prayer time with God. Because I promise you right now, and there's a lot of us that can testify of this, if you go through this list and try to do any of this list in your own flesh and in your own will and in your own way, you will get defeated, burnt out, exhausted, and irritated. Anybody ever tried to do holy things without God? <laughs> it happens. We do that. We try. We try to do things for God, and we try to do things for God without God. We all do it. Are we going to learn not to do that again? And these are options. These are choices that we have to know God's plan and to live it out. Take this to God in prayer and do these with God. You can't do it without him. He says, choose, choose these, put these on a compassionate heart. There's a lot that can be said per topic. I won't say, I will slip. Compassion was not my game. And then I spent life in a wheelchair for a while and I learned compassion. 
sometimes life teaches us things. And we learn these things a whole lot bigger, better, and brighter when we learn them with God. And we sit with God and we realize, okay, when you said compassionate heart, I get it. Thank you for that lesson. Also, I have a prayer request, God. <laughs> compassionate heart. Kindness. Humility. Meekness. And patience. I read meekness and patience and think of Jeremiah 28. That's meek. That's patient. Bearing with one another. And, I like this added, if one has a complaint against another, because sometimes that happens, forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. If forgiveness is what you need to take to the prayer closet to know God's plan for your life today, forgive. And I don't know who that needs to be directed to. Yourself? A human? God? Take forgiveness. If that's what then needs to be focused on today, take that to God in prayer. Forgiveness cannot happen without a conversation with God. Verse 14, and above all these, put on love. Because love binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. You want that peace. Work on God's plan. God's peace comes freely through the blood of Jesus Christ. We know that. But sometimes we don't feel that and we wonder why. Maybe it's because we're choosing to put on the wrong things. And maybe we need to take these things to God and say, God, I need to choose you. And compassion hurts and kindness hurts. And forgiveness is putting a knife in my heart right now. But I choose this and I'm going to pray about it today. And I'm going to pray about it tonight. And I'm going to pray about it in the middle of the night. And then I'm going to pray about it first thing in the morning. And the more you pray about forgiveness, the more you'll see yourself praying for the person that needs to be forgiven or the person that you're asking God to forgive, ask to fix things with you. And it'll start healing. I promise. I can testify. Verse 16. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You know, prayer goes both ways. It's a communication, is it not? Prayer is communication between you and God. And if this verse tells us to let the word of God be rich within you, what would happen if we took the word of God into our prayer life? If you go into your prayer closet, your prayer couch, your prayer car, or your prayer walk, or your location with God in prayer, and you take the word of God with you, and you lay it out like we do every Thursday before God, and we read his words out loud between you and God, what do you think God could do through scripture during your conversation with him specifically? That's power. Pray, God, this is my passage. I'm laying this before you, and I'm going to read it out loud to you. Please speak this over me. And take note, because God may say something over and above. He may say, underline verse 17, and focus on that this week. And listen, and obey, and grow, and pray. Repeat. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. I absolutely love that, because this is not being spoken to a preacher. 
This verse is not being told to a teacher. This verse is being told to a child of God, which means you as a child of God get to be a teacher of the wisdom of God. That's what you get to do. There's, I've asked a group of women to be willing to teach in different ways coming up. And every person said to me, I'm not a teacher. Good. Perfect. Because scripture says you don't have to be a teacher to teach all wisdom. You have to let the word of God dwell in you richly and then you can teach his wisdom. Doesn't matter if you're a teacher or not. The word of God dwelling in you, then teach. Is the word of God dwelling in you? Then admonish. Well, how do I admonish? Quote scripture. I don't know scripture. Let it dwell in you. How do I do that? Take it to God. Have a conversation with God. Oh, you see how it stacks? It grows, kind of takes you back to that fruit of faith and how it just multiplies. It's beautiful. Anyone can teach scripture. Anyone can teach scripture. Anyone can give scripture to another human being and encourage them. If you have Jesus in your heart. Mm -hmm. It says, sing psalms, sing hymns, sing spiritual songs. Sing songs with thankfulness. Sing songs in your heart. Sing songs to God. I reworded that verse just a little bit. Have a song in your heart. It's easy for some of us. Some of us love worship. And worship just drips. I say some of us. I'm directing to Pamela. Worship just drips in us and through us and pours out of us. We think in lyric. We sing in lyric. We harmonize like Suzanne so beautifully on piano. Some of us, not so much. We push play and we turn up the volume so that if we do sing, nobody can hear that. <laughs> Stand next to me during worship, you won't hear a word. <laughs> but my mouth will be moving, my heart will be going, my hands will be up, I will be in worship. <laughs> However worship works inside of you, sing it and sing it from your heart and sing it to God. There are seasons that worship hurts. If you're in that season where worship hurts, give yourself grace. That's just a little sister word for you. Verse 17, we'll close with this one verse. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God the Father through Jesus Christ. You want to know his plan? Jeremiah 29 says, I know the plans that I have for you. Seek me, you will find me. Heavenly Father, thank you for this very roundabout study on Jeremiah 29. I pray that you'll be with us as we uh, sit with you. I pray that you'll speak to us individually and directly on your plan for us today. And I pray that you'll help us to focus on your plan for us tomorrow. We thank you so much for writing it in a book. We thank you that we have access to your plan. It's amazing that you trust us with it, that you laid it out for us, so that we do already know. That absolutely just blows my mind that you took that time to give us that gift. I just pray that you'll give us wisdom to let the word of God from Revelation, even to the beginning of Genesis, to help the word of God just dwell in our hearts richly. Help us to teach one another. Help us to admonish one another. Help us to sing worship to you. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on Telegram at WI Online.